what's the uh, what's the old saying? Red sky at morning. Say sailors take warning. Uh, just don't ever go outside, Brad. Red sky at night. Sailors delight. You still fucked. What does it mean? It's bad. What if what, what what's the old saying for red sky all the time? Oh, my God. The world is ending. Yeah. Um, I, I realized when that happened the other day, if you don't know what we're talking about in the Bay Area and a lot of the West Coast, the sky was blood red for most of the day yeah. on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday? So I think that was Tuesday. So Oregon got that way worse than we did. The red still like if you saw some of the photos and videos going around on Twitter, oh, I mean, I'm, it looked like do you, you know, you know what it looks like in Breath of the Wild when like you tick over yeah, like the, the blood moon, the blood moon and all the enemies yeah. respawn and stuff. It looked like that. Like everything was yeah, just so- red. So that's what it was like here all day on. That was Tuesday. I guess it was, it was Tuesday. And yeah. Wednesday was the day that I got, I don't know, uh, you're like what, eight, 10 miles south of here. Yeah. Eight, eight like or that. nine miles south. I don't know yeah. how it was for you, but uh, I got up. So I woke up pretty early on Wednesday, like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Get up. I'm in here drinking my coffee. It's usually dark. 7 a.m. rolls around. <laughs> 8 a.m. rolls around. 9, 10. Still just as dark. So Outside. our like street it? lights were on all day on Tuesday. Yeah. Like all of them. Yes. Um, it, when I went out in the front yard, it was dusk. It was like late dusk. Yeah. Pretty much that's, that's at about, one o'clock in the afternoon. That's about right. I would say like the, until until about noon for like most of the morning, I would say it was like about the brightness of a full moon outside or just a little more. Yeah. Like a really bright full moon. Yeah. Uh, like it was pitch black in this house. Like, and I, I posted a little video on our discord of my living room and I couldn't see shit in my living room without any lights. Uh-huh. on. We had to turn on all the lights and um, my daughter was so freaked out by the whole thing that she moved her desk into her bedroom and shut the curtains and shut the door. <laughs> That's smart. So she was just like, I'm just, I just stayed up really late tonight, dad. Yeah. Well, why why um, stop there, man? Like build the, build the full on f- the bed uh, fort, build the pillow fort and just get all the way under there. I mean, it's uh, it, we, we, I couldn't sleep. I was so messed up on that night from like just not knowing what time it was all day that I ended up going to sleep at like 5 a.m. I think wow. I just basically was laying there. I watched TV. I read. I watched more TV. I read. I played some games. I read. I read. I read. And I finally fell asleep. Um, it's weird. The next day was also like had it not been for the blood sky the day before, the day after would have been also very bad. But it was yeah. yellow. Yeah, that was yesterday. That was yeah, yeah, it was it was brighter, but it was so yellow outside. It's just crazy. I don't yeah. think that is a human psyche is not built to see stuff like this. Well, it's interesting. I read I read a thing yesterday on in ProPublica, maybe I can't remember about like why we're having this this kind of wildfires. And basically the the TLDR is for the last 40 years, we haven't been letting anything burn. If like we don't, con- if it's not, if it doesn't get out, of like we don't like do any controlled burns. Control burn? Yeah. Yeah. Um, why and, not? And. Uh, because people, because occasionally they get out of control and they burn stuff down and then somebody's liable. Great. Is what it seems like the TLDR is. This is, this is way more mundane and and annoying than I expected. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, so, so the, there's obviously a climate change component too, because we're in the middle of 10 years of drought and, or we're at the end of 10 years of drought, which is, is taking a situation that was already bad and turning it into a, a tinderbox basically. But like the strategy for fixing this is that you burn small patches in large checkerboards so that there are some natural fire breaks and stuff. And and anyway, yeah, it's a mess. Is there anything that's not a mess right now? You know, it's not a mess in home game streaming. Oh, 
Great. Let's talk about something truly important. I gotta roll the music first, though. Welcome to Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. I'm Will. Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm okay. Doing okay. How are you? I would describe myself as doing the best that I can. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a, yeah. that's an optimistic, uplifting, positive spin. Mm. Well, when you're inside my head, it doesn't feel that optimistic. <laughs> but things are going great. Hey, fake it till you make it. Yeah, something like that. Hey, look, I I am I am very grateful right now. Um it's, it's funny, we were talking about this in the house the other day, but like, this is the first time it, since my daughter was born that everybody in the house is like into the same games because G- Gina is like an, a cas- an occasional gamer. Like she'll she'll play if there's a new burnout or a new need for speed, she might dip into that okay. a little bit. Those are those are core games. Yeah, but like this this year, since the quarantine started with Animal Crossing and Fall Guys and Tony Hawk, there's a bunch of games that like we're all playing. My daughter included, which has been a trick. Like it's, it's really cool watching my kid like be into a dead genre game like Tony Hawk in the same way that I was for 10 years from like 1998 until 2007 or whatever. Right. Like it's, it's, it's good to know that like she likes that even though it's not like the new hotness it makes Vind- me happy. Vindicates your, your old man memories. That sounds, that yeah. sounds like a nice way to maybe remove a little bit of the friction when you're stuck inside for months on end with the same people. <laughs> it, it definitely helps that we all have stuff to do both together and apart and like having like a little meditative animal practice, animal crossing practice every day <laughs> has been really good. Like we like, what are you looking for? Oh, your blue roses finally grew. That's amazing. Congratulations. And like, you know, I can't wait yeah. for, I cannot wait for animal practice coming fall 2021 god what if you're like a doctor for the animal crossing animals Ooh. well so okay this is totally off topic and it's not about game streaming at all but on the animal crossing front like my daughter has made a bunch of alt characters now that she's built houses for that are like doctors and teachers and librarians and she's building like a little town full of people to service the needs of the animals wait do you mean alt player characters she's making alt player characters she's like how do i make other accounts on my switch And I was like, oh, you do it like this. Oh, what you want is, I'll show you later. And so <laughs> oh. she has like a teacher version of her and a librarian version of her and a doctor version of her. And that's how you very quickly found out how many accounts you can make on a Nintendo Switch. Well, we haven't reached that limit yet, no. but I'm sure it's going to anger me when it happens. Um, but yeah, it's it's like like having an open ended game like that with a kid who's cooped up all the time and has a lot of free time and can't leave the house at all right now, even to go in the backyard it, you, yeah, she's she's impressing me with her ability to find new ways to play with something that's, that's cool. relatively that's, structured. Uh, that's, that's innovative and that's also very community minded. Yeah, when, like, I thought when you, so. When you first mentioned being a doctor in Animal Crossing, it just made me envision what the Tom Nook HMO would be like. Look, Tom and Nook gives interest free loans to strangers. Now I'm just angry. So we should yeah. move on. Um, So we were talking a couple weeks ago about streaming games. Yes. Which, but, but not like you think. Yeah, we're not talking about xCloud. Yes. We're not talking about 
uh, uh, Stadia. We're not talking about GeForce now. Yes. I mean, we can. They all use the same basic technology. But uh, if you have a Steam machine, a PC running games or a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One, you can play whatever you want kind of anywhere in the world in a lot of cases. Seems like it's getting to that point. But yeah, like yeah. Talk, talking about the underlying tech is actually, I mean, granted, that's kind of what we do on this podcast, but like, that's kind of what I'm excited to talk about here because until the last, like, I don't know, 12 months or so, I wanted nothing to do with playing games remotely. So I've been using a Steam link off and on to play like so single player games in the living room for probably since, since Maybe six months after the Steam Link came out. I can't remember when they Which released was, that. I didn't look that I up. Find that it was out. like 2015, maybe. Steam Link box. 20, 14, 2015. You search for Steam Link now, it just pulls up that, uh, uh, that the app thing. Was it like yeah, 2015, it, maybe? It seems, seems right. right. It was around the time I left tested. Okay. It's, it, it wasn't a great experience yes. at launch unless you were on Wired. Right. And then some stuff changed with the way the graphics drivers work. So that's and it suddenly got pretty good. And maybe maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but that's exactly what I want to know about is I want to know what changed because when my early experiences with this stuff and also just conceptually, like I don't want artifacting. I don't want latency. You know, I just want to play a game processed locally on the box under my TV or next to my desk and like leave me alone. God damn it. I'm <laughs> shaking my cane at you right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like yeah. at some point and we'll get into some of these, you know, like the, the parsecs and the moonlights and so forth. Like it got really good. <laughs> like, well, so, so the, so in the old days, the old, old days when you would try to do this, it would just capture your game screen. Like OBS does if it captures the whole display, which is not particularly um, latency friendly. So okay. you would have a good, you know, you'd take a game where you already have a little bit of input latency, which we talked about a lot last week. And then you would add. Actually, we didn't talk about that at all, did we? Well, well did we, we talk did, about we, reflex a yeah, little we bit. Did, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then you add more latency for capturing the frames as they're going through the frame buffer. And then you have video encoding latency and it like, it basically didn't work. Even if you had hardware video encode, it was, it was, it was That's just too many games. steps, right? Yeah. Well, it was for games like, um, like a Bethesda RPG is a great example because like you can play a Bethesda RPG yeah. with 20, 50 milliseconds of input lag and you're fine. Yes. But if you try to play Spelunky or, or dead cells or something that require or or like a ghost of Tsushima or something that requires some timing dark souls it's not going to work yeah um and and one of the things that happened is nvidia when they started doing streaming with the shield devices uh using geforce experience as a server added this uh, frame buffer capture so it's nvfbc and basically it captures the frame buffer the last place that the picture goes before it gets blasted out to the monitor and sends it uh, without without hitting OpenGL or Direct3D, without any of the inner, without uh, involving any of the other APIs, um, and you can do it regardless of the driver of the application. So, like if you have, say, a Windows render model, uh, the you know the Metro app style games like Gears of War Five was on the PC, it can grab that even if it's not even if it's using Vulkan or whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and that's and that's just something that uh, the application ties into. So like, the app, yeah, that it's 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 application independent, uh, API independent. Right. It only works in full screen mode. Okay. So because for a while in the olden times, your best bet was to actually run your game in a window if you wanted the Steam Link to work, because of the way it was capturing that. That was when it was either using IFR, NVIDIA IFR, which I don't know what IFR stands for, but it was um, 
uh, basically it would it it could capture a single application in a window. It required a little bit. It was a little fiddlier in terms of some apps just wouldn't work because of the way they were they were rendering the frames. Um, and that was how that's how Steam does windowed mode options uh, uh, applications on the Steam Link and the Steam Link Steam uh, Steam Link apps now. Um, but yeah, it's like it's not. There's not there's a lot of rocket science here in that it is a very complicated, <laughs> difficult thing that people are doing. But for somebody who wants to have a PC in their office and not hooked up to their TV, it's pretty easy to set up these days. So what's the best way to approach this? Like there's I guess like we could start with the older uh, solutions for this, but they're kind of profoundly obsolete at this point, I think. Um, like, I, well, like, like there is the original Steam Link box and, and, you know, like the PS4 has got remote play, but the PS4 came out seven years ago. You know what I mean? But th- so the PS4 works because it has hardware and code. PS4 and Xbox One work because they have hardware and code for H.264. Right. right. It's, it's the same the devices. It, it's the same hardware that they use to constantly record your gameplay. Right. Exactly. In fact, I think they I think the PS4, at least maybe the Xbox as well, like straight up pops up a message. I think I want to say it. Or maybe maybe it's buried in there somewhere, but there is some messaging somewhere when you use remote play on PS4. It says like, "Hey, game recording will be disabled while you're using yeah. remote play." Yeah, and and like so, repl- remote play. I know uh, people who like stream and don't have a capture card use PS4 or Xbox remote play, uh, and and to set those up, basically you download an app, or if you're on a Windows 10 machine, you have the Xbox app built in, and you have to connect them to the, the device. And then you can just fire it up remotely and it and it pops up in a little window. The game pops up in a little window on your on your desktop. Yeah. And it and works. It, and it, yeah, it's like fine. It, it's been useful for me to have that on the PS4 occasionally to do something I need to do while I'm in here working in the other room. But like there's enough artifacting, there's enough latency, even over a wired network that I wouldn't I would never use it for something I truly cared about. So it's funny. I use it. I've used it to do like screenshots and stuff like that when I need to take totally, some screenshots yeah. of VR games. Yeah, there's a lot of way stuff. easier yeah. than the built-in tools um it's 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 more late it adds more latency than plugging into a capture card and trying to play in a pc window which yes, yes. you know it's is noticeable it, yeah like a god of war i had trouble playing spider-man was fine because the timing windows were pretty pretty uh generous on that but something that, were, that you need to do parries or something on like you couldn't play Sekiro on the on right. the ps4 streaming yeah and like i assume that there's that's really no more complicated than it's just seven-year-old hardware and probably the, the 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 stack the software stack has probably not evolved that much in that time either right that my guess would be that there's no equivalent of the frame buffer grab yeah for for this because i mean if you think about it it's not something like the other side of this is that from a technology perspective wi-fi when these consoles came out wasn't good enough to do this and they're all 802.11n consoles yes. i mean i guess the pro and the x are ac uh, maybe i don't i actually don't know about that i'd be surprised if they are i could but i mean i could look it up if we really care but uh, I, I mean but the point is it like oh it's you in don't, it's in on the pro yeah so then the series x might be ac but uh, but realistically you're not going to have the performance on end to streets so the other thing is you need to have fast internet and in most people's houses, that's going to be AC wireless, which is fine for 1080p streaming. Um, if you want to go higher, and there are some options now that'll let you do 4K. For if by the when we tested Moonlight, were you doing 4K or were you doing 1080p? Uh, 1080p. Okay, you can do 4K with Moonlight now. Oh, huh, wow! Which is bonkers. 
right? The 4K that's, up to 120 frames per second. Yeah, I think. that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's an interesting like you, you can have a really compelling gaming experience where the ga- the hardware lives in your garage and like it doesn't make noise or stuff in your house and you just have this remote gaming thing that, that lives someplace sounds, else in your house. Sounds kind of nice, like, you know, right up until you have to go plug a USB stick into it for something. I mean, look, that the I was going to say the downside of all of this is that at some point you're going to have to probably get up and walk into the other room and mash some buttons because yeah. it it's it's a pain in the ass. It's never foolproof. It adds a fair amount of jank to your gaming experience, which yeah. a lot of people don't want. Yeah. So, so before we get into the modern solutions, can we talk about the original yeah. Steam Link just a little bit? Yeah, it's a cool box. Is it? I still so, have two of them plugged in. You have, okay, so like this is very self-serving. But <laughs> the main reason I want to bring it up is that I bought one for like 12 bucks a year or two ago, a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Still yeah. sitting in the drawer. Yeah. And well, like your, he, your, your house is like you have an HDMI cable. I do. Yeah. Like I don't even I bought it because it was $12, not because I have a use case for it. But that's kind of why I bring it up. Yeah. Like there's really it doesn't seem like there's that much to do with an old Steam Link. Like there's not a there's not a big homebrew scene for it. Like, is it well, is it is it still usable for its original purpose or? Yeah. Like, are you going to benefit from I guess maybe that's the real question. Like, are, are they able to update the client software on it? And will that allow you to benefit from like improvements to latency and stuff? Or is the hardware itself? old enough that it's kind of hamstrung in that way. So they're continuing to update it. I get updates every once in a while for it. Um, it is limited by the hardware in that it does not have hardware support for H265. Okay. Or if it does have hardware support for H265, it doesn't, there's no Linux drivers for whatever the hardware is that, 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 that do that. Um, but at 1080p 60, which is, I think where it caps, excuse me, where it caps out, um, it's, it's really good at 1080p stuff. Like okay. I play, Even I have, I have them hooked up in my living room and bedroom. I put moonlight on it so I okay. can do this, the, the G4 streaming and get access to some other games that aren't necessarily on steam a little bit easier. Um, I, I think it's fine. Like I wouldn't, that said, I definitely would not go like third party because valve stopped selling them, right? Like they've stopped selling them in favor of having <laughs> apps that are built into the TVs or available on like Apple TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you can get. Uh, Steam. So it's the same name, right? Isn't the branding is still Steam Link, even for, yeah, the, for that, the new app? Yeah, like you, the app you can is, you can even get it for Raspberry Pi. Like they publish it for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I was going to say the solution if you want a box and not an app that's built into your set top box or your TV. If you don't want to do that, then the solution isn't to go to eBay and buy a Steam Link. It's to go buy a Raspberry Pi three or four and use that. Yeah, I think I think I, I googled earlier just out of curiosity, and I think they go for more now than they did at launch. Just because they're scarce enough and there's zero yeah. reason to spend that money. <laughs> no, I mean, the box is it's a nice little box. It doesn't yeah. have any active cooling, so it's quiet. Yeah. Um, but but no, just get a Raspberry Pi and buy a nice case and use that instead. Yeah. Uh, you'll And you'll have more cap- like the hardware in these newer Raspberry Pis is more capable anyway. Yes, um, by, by far. Yeah. So like when when these things started, when like the remember the PlayStation TV, because you could stream from a PS4 to that, too. Could you? Oh, yeah. TV. God, why am I blanking on what a PlayStation Play- TV was? That, PlayStation that, TV what, is that, the Vita. That was also without, the, yeah, that was also the thing that yeah. played Vita games on, on the TV. Yes. Well, now played I Vita games that didn't require the back touch, I yes. think, was the limiter. Now I um, remember. Yeah. So uh, you can do uh, PlayStation TV, uh, another bad set top box that you shouldn't try to find and buy one at this point. Um, but, the, but the point was back when this started, you needed a wired Ethernet wired ethernet to wherever you wanted to work and with and with ac kind of you don't anymore like ac is pretty good 
Um, I, so I have one wired set up with a Steam Link box uh, and an Apple TV in the living room, uh, one wireless in the bedroom that's uh, just the the Steam Link. And they're both fine. Like they're like the wireless is definitely not as good. You occasionally get a little bit of blocky artifacting if like something bad happens to the Wi-Fi. But for the most part, it works. It works just fine. I continue to be so jealous of people in houses who don't have catastrophic Wi-Fi pollution. It is. Uh, it is nice. The AC stuff handles the catastrophic Wi-Fi pollution better than any of the previous versions of Wi-Fi. Okay. Because there are still a dozen. Like I see a dozen APs for my house when I fire up my 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 scanner thing. Only a dozen. Only a dozen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, but yeah. So so the but but the solution if you like the Steam Link is probably like Steam Link is great for games that run on Steam. It's hard to run. Uh, whether you're using the box or the app, it's hard to run things from the Epic store. It's hard to run mm. things that you buy from the Microsoft store that sure. come with game pass. It's hard to run stuff from origin. Can you uh, not, I could be totally off base here, but I, I feel like I had seen, cause you know, you can add custom games to steam. You can just uh-huh. say, Hey, like point, you know, point yourself at this executable and now you're a steam game. You know what I mean? Like I thought I had seen people say you could just add games like that to Steam and then run them through Steam like that. Sometimes way. you can. Oh, not always. Okay. Not always. So it, it depends on what kind of DRM they require. You, uh, you know how you can make like a file shortcut in Windows to launch a Steam game by like calling a specific uh, URI. It's like Steam yes. colon, and then there's a long digit series of digits numbers. There isn't necessarily an epic equivalent for that and there definitely isn't a microsoft equivalent for that okay so if like if the epic store needs to be running in order to make the game work and you have to launch it through the epic store for the drm that won't work um but there is this thing called glow sc that's like a little bit of a wrapper uh you can download it. it's a tiny tool basically you point it at the thing that you want to run and you tell steam and it and it builds a container for it that steam will recognize oh, interesting and that makes it work. And that even works for Microsoft uh, Store games. Oh, wow. So That's Game Pass cool. stuff works there, too. And the spelling on that is G-L-O-S-C. Uh-huh. G-L-O-S-C. To, to be clear. Uh, the, unfortunately, I've been using GlowSC for two years now, probably. There are a handful of settings in there. And my process, like, there's no rhyme or reason to which games need which settings to work. Great. So you often find yourself in a, okay, I'm going to make a shortcut. I'm going to add it to Steam. Does this one work? No. Okay. Kill that shortcut. Let's change this setting and see if changing this setting makes it work. Does that work? Eh. Yeah. Okay. One more try time. And then you get on like the third try. So it's, so, uh, it's, so it's free software. It is free software. That's what you're saying. It's, it's doing something that the system is not designed to do. Yes. Um, sidebar. Just because yes. you mentioned, mentioned it a minute ago. <laughs> what did we move from URL to URI? What does the I stand for? And are they the same thing? I mean, I know what a URL. In fact, I know what they both are, but like URI is more general. You know, uh, URI you know is for? only for HTTPS. I think it's indicator, but I'm not sure. Uh, Universal resource indicator, maybe. Okay. I try to Googling that is way harder than Universe you think. resource identifier. Uniform resource. Okay. I was trying to have to get past all the University of Rhode Island stuff. I see me too. Also, every time I see URI, I just think of some kind of urinary tract infection or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, so URI is a collective is, is the URL is the subset of okay. a URI. Okay. Oh, yeah. there's also such a thing as URN. Yeah. The uniform resource. I who's on first. 
Huh. Interesting. The IS is so ISBN is a form of URN. Or no, wow. can be, I'm sorry. ISBN numbers can be encapsulated. URN. <laughs> Nobody cares about this except me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, well, look, a, can, a URL is a type of URI. Brad, we have a we have a patron level that we can get you to that we'll do an episode just <laughs> okay. on URIs and right. URNs if you Good back the if you back okay. the pod. What what how, what level do I need to back? Okay, we'll talk uh, about we'll it. We'll talk about it offline. I would, I would love to become a supporter of this podcast. It's a great podcast. Everybody should. So I hear. Um, Okay, so Steam Link, pretty good if you buy all your stuff on Steam. If you want to play other stuff, maybe okay. look at some so, other options. Yeah, so that was my question. The TLDR. So is Moonlight the way to go? Is that where we should start? So Moonlight is just a client for the GeForce Game Stream okay. protocol, okay. So, which is a private NVIDIA thing. It only works if you have an oh, NVIDIA so I was gonna, card. I was going to say that immediately disqualifies AMD owners. Yeah, so the that's the bad news. The good news is I think it's the best experience that i've had okay. for in home i mean the big question is is it is it fully inclusive of steam like it'll run anything on steam you can open up steam big picture from inside it loads huh. that up as a default option okay so and, and it works with just about anything else it uh you can also load up the desktop so that anything you can launch from the desktop you can use it doesn't use the steam controller interface usually like it shows up to Steam as an Xbox, it, the controller you have plugged into the Steam Link or or your Raspberry Pi or whatever your PC uh, shows up as an Xbox 360 controller. I think no matter what. Okay. Um, it works really well. Yeah. Uh, the, I, so I like what forty five minutes ago was the first time I ever tried it. I, yeah. You had me connect to your machine. We played some Samurai Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a little. You bit of, kicked my ass at Samurai Gun. Yeah, I was the connecting player. Yes. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't going to brag or anything, but no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so we played some of that. I ran around in dead cells a little bit and mm-hmm. I, so I not to get ahead of ourselves. I came in here all excited to talk about how good Parsec is. And then Parsec's really good. And then I tried Moonlight and it's, it, it is at least as good. <laughs> like I was kind of yeah. shocked. I was like, oh wow, maybe just streaming games remotely is fucking shockingly good now. I, I mean, I think that's like, the my experience with this stuff over the last couple of months, we haven't talked about Steam Remote Play together, which is kind of streaming, but not. I mean, it is streaming, but it's a different use case. It's like streaming multiplayer games that are designed to be played on a couch together. Yes. Well, so that's what Parsec is. So those are actually directly analogous. But I guess oh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Well, so let's so, talk about them in a minute then. Yeah. Okay. So so game stream is a thing that lives on top of um on top of uh, uh the GeForce experience. If you open up the GeForce experience and you go over to that tab, go into the settings and you go to, I think it's the shield tab. You can flip a switch that says, Hey, I want to stream games. Uh, It knows what works really well by default. That's part of the NVIDIA's NVIDIA's marketing co-marketing program. Um, You can add anything you want, including the windows desktop. It automatically has a steam big picture mode shortcut. So like, I was able to load up Tony Hawk one plus two. And after a little bit of fiddling to get the controller working, it just, I can just play it on any TV in my house now, which is awesome. Uh, Samurai gun just worked. If you have mouse and keyboards hooked up to the endpoints, you can play stuff that uses a mouse and keyboard. I played some surgeon simulator the other day. Um, it, and it, like I said, it does work with like games, like windows store, Microsoft store games that you can't find the executable anywhere because it's I'm buried sorry, in sorry, some, what? the program you did that on purpose anywhere i'm not, not going to take the bait you already took the bait oh i'm rescinding it this is the bait taken 
Um, but but it, it, like those games, like when you download Gears of War five from the Microsoft Store because you have Game Pass, that it's just hidden. Some it's in yeah, some yeah. folder that you, as the yes. user on your computer, do not have access to. Are not to, allowed to access on your which, own goddamn computer continues to offend the living shit out yeah, of me yeah i just gave up on it i was like you know what fine fuck it you can have your protected system folder i don't care what's in there just let me play the game uh but yeah that's you, how they win brad uwp is f- weird it's a weird little yes app basket it's a little bundle of things that you can't touch yeah it's but, an app basket yeah um so so one of the neat things about um okay so a couple of things on all of these you want to turn on nvfbc if you have an nvidia card um, wait, oh, you have to enable that manually on steam. You do on moonlight and game, game stream. You do not. Sorry. What was the acronym? NVFBC. That's the front buffer capture front front frame buffer. capture. Oh, oh, you front wrote buffer front, capture. You, I'm sorry. Yeah. You wrote, you wrote front buffer capture. It's, it's both. It oh, means it either one it is okay. Yeah. So that's um, a setting in steam. You have to, why would they not just, that seems like something they would just turn on at runtime. I don't know if they can detect whether it's available on huh. the cards without like comparing to a list oh, of the hardware. That's another question. Is this only on recent GeForces or is this on any that are still in use? Do you know? It works on both of my machines. One has a 1080 and one has a 2080. Okay. So I don't know about prior to that, but it works on those two for sure. Okay. Um, And they didn't, I, w- I looked for documentation about this, but it's not like a spec sheet thing that anybody care that normal people care about. So um, I, I would be interested to hear people have older cards, what, where, where the cutoff is. Um, the uh, Moonlight is an open source project that uses the same protocol as the NVIDIA Shield, which is a series of hardware devices. They have tablets that I don't think they actually make the tablets anymore, but they have set top boxes that are really super capable. Like it's like a super capable Apple TV, basically. Um, the Moonlight is if you want to put it on a Raspberry Pi, there's a Steam Link version of the Moonlight client, which I've been using. You can put it on your laptop. You can run it on your phone. It's everywhere. So the initial pairing stuff for all of this is more or less the same. Basically, you say you want to connect to a server from the client. It either gives you a number or it gives you a place to type in a number. And then you run in and look at what the number is. You you put the corresponding number in on one of the computers yeah. and you get it from the other that, one. That it's is an, that is something to know ahead of time is that it does require a little bit of pre-planning or forethought. Like, yeah, in, you in can't, a, like in a hypothetical world where like business travel happened. And you like, want to pair before you leave right, the house. Right. Like you, yeah. if you happen to have your work laptop with you and you're halfway across the country, you can't just install Moonlight and do it on the Lark. You have to have paired that machine with your hosts before you well, left town. And in the case of Moonlight, you also have to open some ports if you want to do it across Ooh, the internet okay. uh, as a general rule. Interesting. Uh, they they have a tool that kind of helps along with that process and helps okay. you know what UPnP ports you need and all okay. that stuff. Oh, well, maybe we'll get to that. That might be an area where Parsec does have a leg up on Moonlight then. I think that is definitely the case. Because um, we have not had to do that so far. So uh, let's see, you pair it. And the neat thing about Moonlight is all of the settings are on the client side. So like on Steam, in order to change bitrate and stuff like that to do what your Wi-Fi can handle or what your net- network's capable of, with Parsec, I can, I mean, with Moonlight, I can lay in bed and change the settings and see if it works and then change the settings down a little bit more and then see if it works and change the settings down a little bit more and see if it works. Yeah, I was able to uh, adjust the bitrate. I was quote unquote connected to your instance the whole time, but I just in between games, you know, I I quit out of Dead Cells and then I went and boosted the bitrate by a factor of like three <laughs> Like yeah. triple, I went and tripled the bit rate and then immediately launched another game and it just worked seamlessly. It was nice. Well, so, so in my experience, a bit rate in, in the house of like 30 megabits is 
like I can't tell much of a difference above yeah. that at yeah, 1080p. That's, that's probably fine. I, I just went to 150 because that was the highest it supported, and I wanted to see. Oh if, God, it went to 150. Yeah, I, I boosted it all the way up there. I mean, uh, granted, we both have gigabit up and down, and you live like 10 miles away, so like that's these are pretty ideal network conditions. It's a, yeah, it's it, the only way we could do better than that between houses is if we ran an Ethernet cable yes. and you live next door. Yes, um, but. Uh, well, yeah, like you it's, said, even even at a fifth of that, a bit rate of a fifth of that or so, it's yeah, it's extremely high quality. Um, the there's there's a lot of settings as always, but for the most part, you can set it up. It like I said, it passes an Xbox controller, uh, passes whatever you have as an Xbox controller to the client to the host machine, and then you configure it to work. And and the challenge on Moonlight comes often with the interaction between. The game, the NVIDIA game stream, gamepad capture and Steam hardware, yes. like the Steam controller support. I forget why I did. Oh, I know why I did it. I was taking screenshots in a game. So I set up uh, and this is a feature that I'm not super familiar with, but I set up a custom profile for my Xbox controller in Steam. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that's been in there. Um, it, you know, it kind of five years it came God, out with the vibe. Really? Yeah, for they didn't expose it for normal controllers for a couple of years after that. But you okay, could get to it. that would explain it. Um, yeah, you know, it's the thing that lets you kind of remap the uh, buttons of the controller at the steam level, lets you bind, in fact, like full on like keyboard shortcuts to different buttons. So like anyway, I had well, and it lets you use like a PS4 controller yes. with steam that right. then shows up to the game as an Xbox yes. 360 controller without using like DS for Windows or yes. something like that. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff like that. But uh, I had I had set a controller up to take screenshots with a certain button. So that's why I had that old custom profile loaded. And where the point is that that seemed to confuse Moonlight enough that it couldn't see my controller because that, I, I, yeah. I, that's the that's the running theory of why it couldn't find my controller. I think they fight over it and uh, you end up in a weird situation where uh, where like for Marvel Avengers, for example, the other night I had to turn off Steam controller support for that game in order to see the Moonlight controller when I was playing the game. Uh, the other thing is both Steam Link and Moonlight will let you do let you like use the the right stick on the controller and the the right trigger as a mouse uh, you know as a mouse analog. Yeah. It is absolutely maddening. It is one of the worst UI experiences I've ever had <laughs> on all fronts. Okay. Uh, so if you are going to do this and it is too far to walk back and forth between the two computers maybe consider getting a a, core, a wireless mouse and keyboard like one of those like Microsoft and Logitech both make wireless keyboard slash trackpad things that are like 25 bucks. Oh, you're talking just, just to, two point. to do the minimum required input to make things go not to actually play a game on. Yeah, I've got um, I've got one of those. Yeah, it's 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 purely for interacting with the computer in the living room, not yes. for playing games. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, the K400 is the Logitech I've got. They may be. Yeah, I have there's the probably a, there's probably a newer model at this point. Mine is very old. But yeah, it's it. I mean, it's, it's a useful thing to have anyway yeah. for misters and, and, their and other things. Yeah, and they're totally. yeah, like 25 bucks. Yeah. Um. So that that's Moonlight. Uh, I before we jump to the Parsec, which is, I think, a little bit of a different thing. Um, if you want to know how to make this stuff better, run a cable is the first thing. Like if you can run if you can run an Ethernet cable, you're going to have a better experience with Wi-Fi. I think no matter what. Yeah. Um, Hardware acceleration on the host has to be on for this to be playable in my experience that and ideally you do the GPU video acceleration, which basically gives you instant video encodes. Um, But if you don't have that, then the CPU acceleration is pretty good on Intel. At least I haven't tried the AMD stuff. Do you have any Um, not to digress 
but yeah. I'm totally going to digress. Any any tips to people who can't like run cables through walls for running cables? Power line's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I meant I meant physically running an Ethernet because I accept oh. I accept nothing but the best around the edges. <laughs> uh, so if you can put holes in the floor or the baseboard, little tiny pinholes, you can get these cable. They're like cable tight tack downs. Yeah, the little nail, little the little nail plastic. Things. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little plastic loop with a um that just holds the cable against the floor comcast used to always put them when they would run a cable along a wall in your house yeah um there you can get a box of 100 of them at the hardware store for like five bucks and yeah, those are good that'll let you do what you want um, um I, you can I, also I, get flat ethernet is the other option so I, yeah i just ordered one of those for a completely different purpose but i, I got I, a couple I, of flat ethernet cables on the way right now actually i mean an important part of how Ethernet of uh, 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 the way of the way cat five and cat six works has to do with the twists of the sub pairs inside the wires. Mm. So I don't, I assume they work. I haven't used one. I know that a lot of people who have like pe- people use them to run like ethernet and HDMI up to their TV that's mounted on the wall so that it's flush and you can just kind of put a little bit of paint and some stuff over it. So it looks like a yeah. weird bulge in the wall rather than a cable going up there. So you know what? Uh, they yeah. said the same thing about rounded IDE cables back in the day. Well, actually, yeah. technically they said the, the, the opposite. Yeah. That was, people, that was going we always other, said don't going, use rounded IDE was, cables. Was, well, no, but I mean, that was going the opposite direction. Those started out flat and became round. And now you're, what we're talking about is going from round oh, to flat. That's true. That's the opposite direction. But like, did you ever try to make a flat IDE cable round? Fuck no. I saw people, <laughs> people like took the, like, literally took the razor blade and like cut, cut, cut down in, the stripes, cut, cut the insulation between the fuck that. No. We did that at maximum PC once just to work? see if we could do it. Uh, Five people made them and one of them worked. As wow, I recall. that's not so, that's not a great success rate. I'm going to say mean, they were free. They come with the motherboard. So. Uh, but I uh, I did buy a good number of rounded IDE cables and they were they, bad. They all worked fine. I never had a problem. Well, no, the problem with them was that they so if you were going to buy rounded IDE cables, my stance was always that you should just get the ones that were only two ends because the ones because like an IDE cable, you could have three plugs on. Yeah. But that middle plug was useless because all it did was jack up the whole cable, make it really wide and unwieldy. Sure. And probably you weren't going to be able to get it where you wanted it to be anyway. So yeah. you might as well just take that one out and buy a two end one. And then you have a nice clean round cable. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, uh, turn on the NVFBC if you're using Steam because that stuff is dope. It's really good. Uh, and if you're if everything you have in, uh, on the video card and on the client supports 265 H265, you should you should do that because you're going to have better image quality with a different kind of artifact than you will with H264 that you don't notice as much. Sure. Um, I think that's it. Uh, the <laughs> glow SC thing is important for playing non steam games on steam. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, Oh, the other thing is on the game stream stuff with NVIDIA, you can add unsupported games. So if you go to that games tab, the, the shield tab in the settings page, you can go down to the bottom and hit the add button and add anything you want. Um, and, and that is very convenient as well. Good to know. Or, or like I said, just have the desktop and click on whatever, you know, Type it in with your with your twenty five dollar keyboard and mouse. Braver than I am. What's up with Parsec, man? Um, I'm curious about this. I haven't used it at all. So, like I said, I came in here ready to just extol the virtues of its low latency, high video quality back end tech. But then again, like I just said, when we tried Moonlight earlier, it seems pretty much just as good. Yeah. So it's more. It seems more of the case that just this technology has evolved to the point that it's quite good now. Um, I guess the biggest difference with Parsec is it's much more focused on 
enabling multiplayer. It's kind of it's kind of what Steam Game Stream does. Like Moon, well, yeah. Let me let me back up. Like philosophically, Moonlight is. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's more geared toward you playing your own games off of your hardware somewhere else, right? I think that is correct. That's, yes, that's the biggest use case of Moonlight. Uh, whether and somewhere else in that case can be in your house somewhere else in your house or on the road out in the world yes yes um parsec's intended use case is is more for multiplayer it's more for allowing you know co-op of local games remotely that kind of thing so like if you want to play uh getting over it uh, not getting over it um the men stacking game uh not your friends Mount your friends. Yes, if you want, you want to play re- Mount Your Friends, if you want to remotely mount your friends. Yes, you can do that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, that's the, a like different the, episode, actually, yes, for sure. Uh, like, the, I mean, the best real world example is apparently the fighting game community is using Parsec quite a bit for remote tournaments right now. Really? Since they can't get together. Yeah. Like, in fact, like that is probably the biggest endorsement you could have. Holy is, shit. I didn't is, know that. If, if the FGC has deemed it latency appropriate for, you know, you know these are not necessarily talking about Evo. Like, I'm not sure what the stakes are. Yeah. But like if they're willing to use this in competitive situations, like you can assume it's pretty good. So it's um, like one person hosting and then both the players are connecting so that nobody has host advantage. That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, in that case, wouldn't you want a third party to host? That's what I'm saying. Have yeah. a third party host. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Are, are, is this for old games like street, like emulated Street Fighter 2 and stuff I like know. that? I haven't, haven't looked too deeply into it. I've just seen some okay. people saying that the, the FGC huh. types are using this for remote tournaments recently. But that's um, awesome. I didn't so, know that. So it is it's client software that you download or, or client and host software. Um, well, I guess one of the bigger disadvantages over something like Moonlight is you have to make an account with them. Um, mm. It's a very like Discord like sign up process. You get a, a username with a kind of a hash, like a number appended oh, yeah. to it. So then you have a friends list. You have to add people to your friends list. You are going through their central authentication to um, to use it like you can't. Yeah, whereas Moonlight is completely decentralized yeah. and self-hosted. Moonlight is a full on open source. <laughs> you can Moonlight has a GitHub repo like it well, is that you I mean, you do still need the NVIDIA GeForce experience stuff to use Moonlight. Yeah. 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 But what I mean is like it is it's free and open in the way that open source software tends to be. Whereas Parsec, yeah. which is a commercial product and you full on have uh, a paid like corporate option for Parsec. Uh, is is much more you know it's it's account driven is what I'm saying like you're it's gonna, a business you have to give them your email address or an email address to use it is what I'm getting at um, I don't want hmm. yeah, to you know yes I did hmm. anything that makes me want to or makes me sign up gives me some pause but it's worked really well for us so far um, I assume that having uh, having an account and having to go through their central backend whatever it is is probably why we haven't had to worry about any port forwarding with this. That's 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 uh, my guess is that that is what you're paying for. Yeah, is not so, having to fool with ports. Well, yes. to, to be clear, the, the paid account is like a corporate thing. I'm not sure what the benefits are, but like as a just a, an end user, you can use it for free. Oh, so there's it's probably probably what you're getting with the corporate account is like uptime and stuff like that. Right? I could I could look it up. Oh, I, fast. no, dude. What they're doing is they're using that to do game events and so now they can't take over the cliff ballroom oh, and think, bring yeah, people I think, in. I think you're right. That is totally probably how they're monetizing is I'm, like they're. Well, yeah, I saw yeah. I saw a, I saw a press release that I think that Ubi event a couple when they did. Um, yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. In fact, I know. Anyway. That. Actually, I know some some companies have been doing remote press events, yeah. remote preview stuff with Parsec specifically. Uh, I just looked it up. Uh, you can pay them 10 bucks a month as an end user to get stuff like. um <sighs> You get like a better color space. You get four, four, four. If you're familiar mm. with what that means, 
instead of four two two. Is it better than four two? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like there's, there's two. There's two more in each uh, of the last two columns. It says better, better color, uh, pen and tablet support, dual streaming, screen switching, some some features like that if you want to pay. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. Um, but uh, they really talk a big game about their tech. They have I, I linked it in the show notes here. They have mm-hmm. a, a page on their streaming tech. We don't take shortcuts. <laughs> uh, so they, they have say, a Millennium Falcon. It's yes, got to be they, fast. They say their core technology suite is built in cross-platform C. Um, they devised their own peer-to-peer networking protocol called Bud or Better User Datagrams. I just I I appreciate that they put this information out there. Wait, I'm not, th- I'm not here. I'm not here trying to sing their praises so much as I just like when a company shows you what's behind the curtain. The, I'm disappointed. I thought this product was named after the TI-99 4A classic parsec, mm. not we can make the Kessel run in less yeah, than let's, 12 parsecs. Let's just let's not. Let's no, I'm just sad. Try to keep nerd references to a minimum on this podcast, if possible. <sighs> we make our own nerd references around here. Thank Look, you. TI-99 4A parsec is a fantastic game, Brad. That's a, you know, that's a good reference. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, so, a, a good reference is when you have like a, a like a maybe 50 percent success rate of somebody getting it or not. The Dennis Miller ratio. You need to you need to make it mysterious enough that some people haven't heard of it. And they're like, oh, man, he's in the know. What is that? I got to go look yeah, that up. I, I am yeah, not cool for not knowing what that game is anyway. Um, yeah, I, I pulled this up because they quote in here that they have a what they call a 97 percent nat traversal success rate. That's so really that, good. So that must be, I assume that's why you're not having to fiddle with port forwarding and stuff like that to get this to work. Uh, it's just, uh, it's breaching people's NATs without well, my, assistance. My router is the NAT buster right now because it doesn't support UPP, UPnP and it doesn't support loopback. So like there's a ton of stuff that just doesn't work right oh, because AT&T like, uh, blows. Sounds, so, like, sounds like maybe you need to bring a fancy router into your life. I remember a time. I'm not going to name any names. Mm. I remember someone denigrating the fancy router on the I Discord. Just, I just, I just didn't want. It was a Patreon post. I just didn't want to have. I don't need more complexity in my life. I need less complexity in my life. The, the, the shitty routers come for us all eventually. Oh, fucking shitty routers. You try anyway, to do, you try to do enough cool stuff with your internet connection. Sooner or later, your shitty router is going to get in the way, and then it's time so, for the fancy router. I mean, fair. Fair. So anyway, um, so they, next they, month, me building my PF sense machine. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, they, they mentioned some latency tests they did on here. I mean, this is granted. This is on the LAN, but they quoted a, a seven millisecond extra latency situation with this huh. over LAN, which That's is like pretty ba- amazing. Basically nothing. Granted, yeah. I don't know what that would be over, you know, even between me and you, I'm sure it will be a little like a, a handful of more milliseconds. I'm, I mean, we're on different ISPs, so we have to go out to a backbone, probably someplace. Right. I, I yeah. wish we could have seen um, what the latency, what the end-to-end latency was when you were on the Moonlight connection here. Yeah, well, we would have had to set some um, kind of test up. But whatever, I've used this yeah. real world. Like, I've played games with Vinny in New Jersey from California. Yeah. Uh, I've played games with other people in the Bay Area here. Like we, So we've been using this for quick looks. That's the big one for us. Yeah. Is... Not just to play multiplayer, but, you know, you just need to let the other person see what you're doing to talk about it. Right. And yeah. this has this has been damn near real time as far as that stuff goes. Like, I don't think people can tell the difference now. Um, I remember when we tried experimenting with that stuff in like 2010 when we were like, let's just do a I feel like maybe Vinny and I did a did a let's see if we can do this remotely test. And it didn't work yeah. like there was no there was the, you were five seconds behind or something. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. Yes, that stuff. Uh, 
pretty bad. Um, um, but yeah, like I, uh, the Battletoads quick look we did, I, I did with Jason was hosting that on his PC and I played it second player and like video quality and latency. I could barely tell the difference from a local game. What's the client situation? Uh, like, so you, is it available for everything? Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, the client is available for Windows, Mac and Linux, but you can only host from a Windows machine as of right now. I mean, that makes sense, given what you're going to be playing for the most part. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I did want to host from MacBook at one point and was not able to. And that really sucked. But I we, we have weird use cases for this stuff. So uh, I have a weird question. Yes. Is there anybody that's built something that would let me use one of these streaming technologies to play games on, for example, a FPGA based hardware emulation platform with people that are not sitting in the house with me? I don't think that exists as of yet, but it's probably possible. There may have, in fact, been people on our discord in the last couple of days <laughs> speculating about building exactly that. I mean, all you would need to do is have a control set up like a microcontroller as a controller emulator. Yeah. And, and pass the inputs, right? I like it's pretty you, straightforward. Do you even need that? Could you do that over a network? I mean, obviously you'd have to build that in to the mister. I don't know. I kind of just went cross-eyed thinking about this because yeah. it's a little weird. There were, a couple, anyway. there were totally a couple people in the mister channel the other day talking about how much access to the Linux subsystem on the mister you get and whether they could maybe oh. think about implementing something like that. I will uh, go dig into that. Yes. Um, so, uh, but um, anyway, it, it, this is an interesting, like it's an interesting thing. It's, it's, this is one of those examples of a technology that came out and everybody tried. It was like, Oh, this kind of sucks. And then over the last five years, it's gotten quietly really good. Yeah. Like, don't get me um, wrong. I still want a new G force. I still want to play games locally in my house with hardware sitting. Well, you're my not feet. going all X cloud and stadia next gen, no, Brad. No, but when you need it, guy, Kai, when, when you're in situations like we're in where we need to record videos of games and get people looking at games in high quality and, and close to real time, like it's gotten shockingly effective for that. Look, uh, think about all the money your PC is wasting in electricity playing yeah. these games. You could move your PC back into the CBS office where it has a fat internet pipe, Ooh, yeah. hook it up in there and let, let the man eat your power bill. That's right. I don't have to. Yeah. I don't pay the power bill in the office. No, that's, that's free money right that's there. That's a good point. I have to think about yeah, that. Think um, about that. I just a couple more things I was going to say about uh, Parsec. The, the front end UI I found has left a lot to be desired in a lot of ways. Um, How did it compare to the Moonlight front uh, UI? Also, the, that's another situation where Moonlight definitely looks and feels like open source software. Like it's, it's fine, yeah. but it's a little klutzy, I would say. I, Part, I would... It, it does not have the attention to UI and UX that a yeah. commercial product typically does. To be fa fair, like the the look and feel of the Parsec client is totally fine. What I'm talking about is like idiosyncrasies. Like so the capture happens at either the app or the monitor level. So okay. you can either say only capture the apps I tell you to or capture everything on the screen. Um, the frustration with the app capture is if you tab out of the app, you tell it to capture. It will just go to a generic like the host is doing something else screen. So. That's oh. very problematic. For example, if I want to like capture my Elgato capture window and then tab into OBS to start a recording or whatever, then my client viewers lose my feed, which sucks ass. Um, so you can't tell interesting. It, you can't say just like, hey, just stream this entire desktop. But then, of course, you're sending your whole desktop and all the problems that that entails. Yeah. Um, when it breaks out the monitors in the monitor list, my, at least in my case, they all have the exact same name. <laughs> they're all, they all, they all just say generic PNP monitor. So I can't tell which monitor I'm sending people. 
And, and does to, it tell you which ones one? Like, does it oh, pick the windows to, numbers? The, every oh. time we do this, I have to ask whoever's joining me, like, okay, which monitor are you seeing? And most of the time, it's the wrong one, so I have to switch Video it. Video game or hardcore pornography? Right. Like, it's that situation, basically. It's, it's, oh, it's there's a bunch of little, a, a few little things like that that are pretty frustrating about it. Oh, yeah, that, that's one other thing about Parsec. It has a web client, which I, I assume Ooh. you, I assume you still need a login. Uh, I'm sure. So I'm sure you still have to make an account to use it, but uh, it's, it's WebRTPC based. It says it only works in Chrome. <laughs> What? What if the web client just worked like? Uh, remember that that chat roulette thing where you would just log into a page oh, and get to some random person? I miss chat roulette. What if you could just parsec into a random person's computer and it's like, ah, <laughs> that's pretty. That would be pretty good, actually. No, that, that would be a disaster, uh, but it would be wonderful. Yeah, if you let people opt into it, you know, I guess so. They know yeah, what I mean, they're getting look, into. Chatroulette.com still exists, apparently. I I don't think I should click this button to start it though. Chat roulette was amazing until the penis to normal funny things yeah. ratio was really high. That's a shame. I did get I did get one like people doing a skit like they were doing a performance oh, of good. bad relationship uh, for me while I was watching them. Or maybe they just had a bad really. Anyway, chat roulette, chat roulette is a very whiskey media basement thing for me. That was definitely that era. Like I remember. Oh, yeah, I think there wasn't there. There was one night up upstairs in the glass, the fishbowl conference room. Everybody was like getting drunk and screwing around on chat roulette. We we were just dragging people that on was, chat roulette for yeah. hours. Yeah. Uh, my favorite we, one was, did you ever see the the piano improv guy? That guy was great. Yeah. It was you mean Ben Folds. God, sure. This guy was, this guy was the better it, it Ben was, Folds. Their Ben Folds used to do that too. Did he really like the real Ben? Did really? That's my understanding. Yeah, okay. I met the Chat Roulette Improv guy at XOXO one year. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, they had him come out and and talk. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that was a, he was that very was a, cool. That was a fun. That was a fun era of internet before everything went to shit. <laughs> yeah, the internet used to be really good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, yeah, there's the, yeah, there's a web client for Parsec if uh, if you just want to get people on and they're not in a position to install the client software or whatever that's pretty convenient too but uh, does it does it add extra late like how, i don't know that, probably okay. not much WebRTC is is extremely low latency itself oh. uh, from my understanding and it uh, seems like it's only chrome yes it is chrome only for that okay. that browser but uh, we've all been using the installed client and it's worked fine basically that seems so yeah that seems like the right choice it does it does install a system service full disclosure but Ooh. what doesn't these days look the i so does iTunes for that matter. Like the everything. number of system services I have installed because I have Adobe and yeah. Backblaze and Blue Jeans and Zoom and Microsoft Teams touched my computer at some point. So oh, now I'm God. infested with that nonsense. Damn it. Wait, you said you uninstalled it. I did. Are you saying there's residue? I I assume so. I have not found anything. I just have that that software made me feel dirty Man, in a way that I software really, hasn't in a really long time. Really did not have a good first experience with Microsoft Teams. That's what everybody's first experience with Microsoft Teams is like. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, I think I think that's it on our that's, list. That's for today. Kind of, that's the big stuff. I think. Have you? Do you have any experience with Rainway at all? That's another no, one I, that does this same stuff. No. No. Have you not no. heard of it? No, I'd never heard of it before. I, 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 I just you told I'm, me about it the other I'm, day and I meant to look it up and then I didn't. I'm aware of it. I've never used it, but I just typed it into Google and Rainway versus Parsec is the first like auto result that comes mm. up. So uh, you can uh, safely assume it's pretty similar to that. Um, yeah. The one, the one claim to fame that Parsec, ha I mean, that Rainway has that I've noticed is they have, seem to have a habit of trying to push their app into places where it's not going to fly. Nope. Which is to say that they tried to put a Rainway client on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, how'd that go for him? And Nintendo was like, nah. And a, that's like not going to happen, actually. 
a I moonlight can't... client on the switch would be so good i'm trying to i'm trying to remember what happened exactly i don't know if they like fully pushed it into the store or what was going on but they were like touting they were very much touting it as like play your pc games on your switch which of course that would do gangbusters right but yeah uh, that would be amazing i don't remember what happened there they were or maybe they're just advertising that they were going to put it on the switch and then nintendo were like no you're not Something something along those lines. So apparently there's a Moonlight Switch port if you have a, a, like a homebrew hacked, switch. Hack switch. Hack switch. Yeah. Um, I I can, remember in the old days of iOS when people would release like a file, like a file browser that also had MAME embedded yeah. in it so you could play all the MAME ROMs on sure. your... Of course. Yeah, those were good times. Yeah. Sneak one in there. Yes. Get it past the man. Those good times couldn't last forever. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. If you have questions about this stuff, please send them in to uh techpod at content.town. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's a lot. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like if I had a TV in a basement someplace, it would be really useful. Totally. I mean, we're in a world weird. We are in a weird world right now where like this stuff is largely hypothetical because nobody's going anywhere. Like they're sitting right by their PCs and consoles all day. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Like that Marvel Avengers game is a perfect. I just want to play something for like 30 minutes and wind down for a little bit sure. at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, if, like yeah. I just go smash stuff and it's fun. If you, play, if you play everything on the PC, there is definitely a use case here to just like go flop in your living room and play it that way. Um, yeah. Um, the last thing I was going to ask just before we get out of here, like, does, does any of this stuff tie into the X clouds and stadiums of the world in your mind in any real way? Like, I assume I mean, you're using pretty similar technology. My assumption is that the FBC stuff came about because of the GeForce Now yeah. uh, work that was done. I don't know what hardware. I, I mean, I know that the xCloud stuff is running on actual Xbox hardware. I don't know what Stadia is. I can't remember what Stadia is running on. I can't remember if we're running on NVIDIA or ATI or uh, AMD. I believe it's AMD for their graphics. Yeah, I thought so, too. I think that's right. Um, so, I mean, I think all of it works together. It's This is one of those weird situations. It's like. It's like wireless VR hardware. Like the reason we didn't have wireless VR PC headsets at launch was that no one had ever made no there would never been a need for a low latency H264 encoder, right? Right. And then once there was a need for that, some people figured it out and yes. it's in all everything 2 years later. But like getting from A to B took time. So is that really the case here is that we finally just hit the tipping point where the tech got good? I think I think probably, yeah. Okay. I mean like you know brain brains plus problem equals lesser problem oh, so funny how it turns out like that yeah. uh last Shocking, question right uh real quick um the new consoles being amd based do you expect that there is similar tech to this kind of i would direct 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 frame buffer stuff that nvidia is doing like they've probably got some equivalent in those boxes right I would be shocked. Like okay. the only thing i would expect the only console i'd expect to not have anything like this is the next switch sure Right. Like their Nintendo doesn't care about this. They have a portable, they have portable hardware. So you don't need to take the, you don't need to be able to stream yeah. the games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, it's funny. I would love a, a moonlight, a, a port of Parsec or Moonlight or something that lets me play games on the Switch is incredibly compelling. Sure. Like just shockingly. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. I don't think Nintendo is going to go for it though. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so if you have questions, send them in. As always, uh, thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show. Yes. Uh, the I'm trying to think what was on the what was on the Discord this week. I've been really busy and haven't been dipping yeah, in that much. I, I too. There was a 
a lot of people talking about the blood sky and sharing yes. photos. Yes. And like we had a good conversation the other day about how to actually take the photos because it turns out the phone. One of my favorite things about this is that the phone auto corrects. Yeah. It was impossible to get an accurate photo that really truly represented the horror of the situation because the phone brightens and desaturates everything. And it just kind of made it look like uh, about it, half like, as terrible as it actually was. This is the problem with computational photography, right? Um, the, the, uh, Halite app, if you're on iOS, I don't know what the, what the Android equivalent, uh, lets you do manual exposure stuff, which, which ah. then fixed the problem. Okay. Uh, it was just how I was able to take my red sky pictures the other day. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting on the discord watching this spread because so, so this is the second time it's happened in the Bay area in the last well, we didn't six have the weeks red or sky so. like this before, no, 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 but, no, no. I, but I mean, but I mean just the, the confluence of wildfires and heat wave. Oh yeah. Situation. This is the second time yeah. we've had that in the last like six weeks. I don't but think we're gonna have heat wave this weekend. It's supposed to be cool. God, I, I, I hope like. not. But but yeah. all I'm getting at is that like we went through this like six weeks ago, and now yeah. people in Oregon, people in Southern California, people in Washington, like I think uh Nevada's got fires now, right? Like it's kind of like more yeah. and more more and more of the Western United States is now in the same boat. Is bad. It's a lot. So, but you know what's great is what's our that? patrons. That's right. Uh, especially Everybody. our executive producer tier patrons, Jacob yeah. Chappell, Andrew Cotton, and David Allen. Yes. We appreciate you guys and everybody else who's supporting the pod. Yes. Thank you so much. Week. I, I got to get reading. I know. All, all, Have thousand, you started? all thousand plus of you. I fished out my copy. It was at the bottom of a large stack of books. Okay, we were we are at uh, more than a thousand backers now. Um, We appreciate you guys so much. And they have they have high expectations that I'm going to read this book. So you have to read the book. It's on the nightstand. It's on the nightstand, ready to go. Uh, I'm I'm in the sixth chapter now. So okay, yeah, it goes fast. It's really good. I think you're going to love it, or you're going to really hate it, it. one way or the other. That seems hard to believe, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. I guess. I mean, we could have done Dune. That was the other option. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I got nothing against Dune, but that sounds like a commitment. Oh, Dune's Dune's one of the seminal science fiction oh, pieces of I know the that. 20th century. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It's, more, it's just more that I know there's a lot of it, but I know also, I mean, look, also I know that after Frank Herbert died, it kind of went off the rails is my understanding. No, no, no. After the first book, it goes off. Oh, like, really? Each of those books is worse than the ones that come before. Okay. Enough said. Yeah. Avoid like read the first one and be like, that is an amazing book. And then whatever you do, don't pick up any of the other Dune books. Okay. That's Good my advice. All right. Good enough. As somebody who's read way too many Dune books. Um, I guess next week, I don't know what we're doing. We don't know exactly what we're going to do next week. So oh. uh, we will, uh, we'll, you'll find out with us next week. Yeah. Uh, we'll but thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a good week. Uh, see you soon, Brad. Bye.